discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. It's a different type of meeting today. It's an all-day meeting, isn't it? Aha, yeah. uh-huh. and... Uh, um, we want to, you see, you can be a Christian and not pray like this all your life. Do you know? Yeah. And the purpose of your Christianity is complete, completely defeated. Okay. God has a reason for getting you born again. He didn't get you born again so that you can have a nice, beautiful life. Very comfortable, very um, disciplined, principled Christian. It's more than that. That is part, but it's more than that. He wants your life to be a means of bringing others to him. Hallelujah. That is his primary reason. Okay? That's what his primary reason. When you go to work in a place, you will know that they have a, there's a vision, there's a particular thing they are, want, they are trying to achieve. But in trying to achieve that, they have to do a lot of other things to come to that particular um and, for instance, if you plant uh, mango, what is your aim? Hmm? You want to get what? Mango fruit, right? Do you get the fruit immediately? What do you do? What do you do in order to plant the seed? You have to find the land, first of all. You can't go and plant a mango tree anywhere. You can't plant a mango tree in the middle of the road because you want to get mango fruits. Can you do that? You have to find a land that belongs to you. Or talk to someone to give you a land. That is a process that you go through. After that, you clear the land because the land will have weeds on it. Is it true? So you prepare the land. There are various things you do in order to prepare the land. After preparing that, now all this has nothing to do with the fruit. Or it doesn't have a direct impact on the fruit. Or, aha. Uh-huh. But if you don't do those things, the fruit will never come. After you have planted it, you need to water it over and over and over and over again. Weed around it, fertilize it, do all kinds of things over a long period. And then one of these days, you see that one fruit has showed up. And another fruit shows up. Then you become very excited, isn't it? I said all that to say this. There's only one thing God wants to achieve in your life. There's only one thing that God wants to accomplish in your life. And that is to use you to be a blessing to others. To use you to bring people, more people to him. That is God's will. There is nothing else. That is why we are existing. You build your house. You buy a car. You marry a wife. You have children and all of that. It's part of all those things are the weeding, the fertilizing and all of that in order to give you space for that fruitfulness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so if you take your mind off the main thing and you are doing all the other things, you have made a very big mistake. 
You have made a, very, a lot of Christians who find themselves wanting when they stand before the Lord. I tell you, it will not be easy for them. Heaven is not just, we don't just go to heaven and be in heaven just like that. God has, if you've not read your Bible, I want to show it to you in the Bible. Romans chapter 14 verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. They are all 10, 10. So you can probably keep it in your head. You don't just go. Look at it. Romans 14, 10. And why dost thou judge thy brother? But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set up not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Have you seen it? We shall all what? Every child of God. This is not the judge. There are two, there are three different judgments in the Bible. There's a judgment of sin. Three main, there's, there's more, but there are three main judgments. There's a the judgment of sin, okay, which has already been accomplished in Christ because he died. The reason why people go to hell is because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. It's not because of any other thing. It's one thing. Only one thing sends people to hell because they don't believe in Jesus. Only one thing. Tell me about only one thing. Okay, keep your finger here. Since I've mentioned that, let me show it to you in the Bible. Have you read John 3.16 before? Okay, you never read 17. So let's read 16 and 17 and 18 and then you see it, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We know this. Next verse. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world or to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The word condemn is judge, okay? I don't know if you have uh, BB. I'm sure it will tell it to us very easily. God did not send his son into the world to judge, to be, to be judge of the world. Isn't it? He sent him so that he would, so that the world might have salvation through him. That's why he came. So that the world will have what? Salvation through him. Jesus did not come for any other thing. He came so that the world will have salvation through him. Next verse. The man who has faith in him does not come up to be judged. The one who has faith in him does not come up to be judged. But he who has no faith in him has been judged even now. He has been judged even now. What judgment is that? The judgment of sin. He has been judged even now because he has no faith in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. Next verse, verse 19. And this is the test by which men are judged. The light has come into the world. Who is the light? Jesus Christ. And men have more love for the dark than for the light. Because their acts are evil. Have you seen it? Now, keep your finger here. Go to John chapter 16, verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus said, it is more expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the Holy Spirit, the helper, will not come. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Next verse. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of, number one, sin. Let's should be now so that they can understand. Reprove and all those things. And he, when he comes, he will make the world conscious of sin and of righteousness and of being judged. Have you seen it? Next verse. Of sin because they have no faith in me. Have you seen it? Only one sin. They don't have faith in me. They don't believe in me. That is why they are judged of sin. So people go to help because of one thing, they don't believe in Jesus Christ. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. And God is depending on you for others to believe in Jesus Christ because he has made you his witness. That is why you are born again. All those other things that we speak about with respect to your health, your prosperity, your, your being okay, is so that you can be a vessel through whom God can spread his word. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He says that 
But thanks be unto God who, who causes us. Let's read it in King James. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ. He says he gives you the ability to have triumph, to have wins. The, act, the word triumph is to win. He causes you to win in Christ. We are in Christ by virtue of our new birth. He causes you to win in every aspect of your life for this purpose. Okay? And make it manifest as for the purpose of making manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Let's read the Amplified maybe to help us more. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. And through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. That is why he makes you triumph. That is why he blesses you. That is why he gives you peace of mind. Okay? So that your life can be a means of spreading the knowledge of God everywhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you have strength and health, know why you are, you, are, you are alive. This is the reason why you are alive. You are not alive because of marriage. Or because of children. Or because of a certain job. Because of a certain car you are supposed to buy. Because of a certain house you are supposed to have. After you have had the house, what else? What else? Another house? And another house? Is that all you are living for? Oh, brother, sister. The house is important. You need to get it. But that is not the reason why you are you are alive. Do you understand? We shall all stand before the judgment seat. So this is the judgment of I just mentioned the judgment of sin. After Christians, so when you become born again, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you become born again. And when you become born again, you miss the judgment of sin. The judgment of sin is where is what takes people to hell. So as a Christian, you are not going to hell any longer. Matter of fact, you are actually in heaven according to the scriptures because of the new birth. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. Look at Philippians 3 20. I'm coming to lead you in a, in a short prayer and then I'll share something briefly with you. Okay? For our conversation, let's read Amplified. We don't understand conversation. Some of think we are conversing. It's old King James English. It says, but we are citizens of the state. Have you seen it? We are citizens of the state, commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. And from that place also, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as Savior. Savior of what? Savior of our body. Next verse. Who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to and be like the body of his glory and majesty. Have you seen it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's talking about the salvation of the body. There are three different kinds of salvation too. The salvation of the spirit, soul, and the body. The spirit is what has happened through the new birth. When you became born again, you were taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. Now you are a child of God. You are a citizen of the state or commonwealth, which is heaven. And from heaven, we, we await our coming, the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this is what makes you miss the judgment of sin. It's judged, sin has been judged in Christ already. Okay? Okay, let me show you one last verse along that line. Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans chapter 8. Let's read from verse 1 so that you understand it even some more. Romans 8 from verse 1. There is therefore now no... Let's read uh, BB. BB is good. For this cause, those who are in Christ Jesus will not be judged as sinners. Are you seeing it? For this cause, those who are in Christ Jesus will not be judged as sinners. So if you are in Christ, you will not be judged as a sinner. Next verse. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Next verse. For what the law was not able to do because it was feeble through the flesh, God sending his son in the image of the evil flesh and as an offering for sin, 
So Jesus is an offering for sin, gave his decision against sin in the flesh. Okay? So that what was ordered by the law might be done in us who are living, not in the way of the flesh, but in the way of the spirit. What he's trying to let you know is that sin has been judged in Christ. Jesus came as an offering for sin. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus' blood was shed so that your sins can be forgiven. So if you believe in him, you have been moved from that state into another state. Now you are a child of God. Now there are rules that goes with being a child of God. Okay? Because every child of God will also come into a certain type of judgment. Called the judgment of uh, the Bema Seed judgment. Okay? And that's what I showed you in Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 verse 10. Let's read BBE. But you, why do you make yourself your brother's judge? Hmm? He's talking to Christians. He says, why are you making yourself your brother's judge? Or again, why have you no respect for your brother? Because we will all have to take our place before God as our judge. He says, God shall judge us. Okay, if you read the King James, the original, it lets you know of a part, the seat that God, God has different seats. And this particular seat he sets on is called the Bima. The Bima seat. Okay, the King James lets you know. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The word seat is Bima. Okay, judgment seat of Christ. And that is a, a judgment for all Christians, not for unbelievers. It's for Christians. Christians will be judged there for reward. To be rewarded for doing things for the Lord, for working for the Lord, for living for the Lord, for winning souls, for keeping those souls in the Lord. That is what your whole life is about. So on that day, every one of us, whether you like it or not, whoever you are, great or small, young or old, feeble or not feeble, everybody will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we will all be given a reward. Reward for what? For doing what he said we should do. If you didn't do what he wanted you to do, you will not get a reward. Apart from not getting a reward, there's a special place for you in heaven. It's called outer darkness. If you read your Bible very carefully, you will see it. He tells them to bind that servant who was wicked to him because he buried his talent in the ground. Bind him hand and foot and put him in outer darkness. Your hands represent your work for the Lord. Your foot represents your work for the Lord or your work with the Lord. Hallelujah. That is why I could have, we could have done this without you. We could have done this with a few people. And say that, oh, you people should just be free. You should be happy because you are just church members. You are not just a church member. You are a member of the body of Christ. And you are part of what God is doing. And so you must be involved in what God is doing. That's why we are leading in prayers. So that you can also gain something. At least when we check, God checks on that day, you see that, oh, you prayed for some souls. Some time ago, a church. Do you understand what I'm saying? You prayed for some people in church some time ago. Wow. Is it a good thing? Second yeah. Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. Second Corinthians 5 10. For we must all, every child of God, for we must all appear. This is to the Corinthian church. Okay? And he's writing to them, he's telling them that all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You see, he repeats himself again here. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. What you did in your body. You know, that word body there refers to two things. To you personally and also to the body of Christ in which we, are all, we, we all are involved in. Do you understand? 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Whether it be good or bad. Now, we all need to be involved. We need some ushers. The place is too big for three ushers. You must become an usher. Or, ask your neighbor, are you not interested in becoming an usher? So that you can clean the house of God. So that the children of God can sit down and be happy. Why do you leave it for Franca alone, for Rosemont, for Prosper? I mean, you know, fine. Yeah. Don't say me, I don't know anything. Cleaning to you, don't know how to clean. Cleaning, you don't know. Being nice, just smiling for people to come into the house of God. You can't do it. Oh, you can't do it. Tell anybody you can't do it. Yeah. You realize that you can sing. All these people who are singing, you realize that they are, you are better than them. You can sing with, with the, the plaintiff of a sparrow. Wow. As you're singing, it's like a sparrow is singing. And you are singing only in your bathroom. When you are bathing, you'll be singing. In your bathroom, your shower will be enjoying your, your voice. Listen, join the choir. So that the, you, can, you can help do the work of the Lord. Do you understand? There are two aspects of the work of God. There are, there are those who keep the sanctuary, who do things in the sanctuary, and there are those who do things outside the sanctuary. Okay? Those who do things out, bringing people into the house of God. And there are those who are inside who keep those who are brought. That is why we have the two streams of, um, two stream system in the church. Okay? So please, we are leading you in prayer so that you can be involved in the great work that God has. Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus is not building your house. He's building his church. He's not building your family. He's building his church. Your family is important, but that is not what he's building. It's the, it's the side. That one is like fertilizing the ground. Yeah. All of that is on the side. Hallelujah. So if you are ready, I'm going to show you one last thing we should pray about. And then I'll preach to you. The next prayer point for today is to pray and ask for people for this church for more people to be added to the church okay we weren't selfish in our prayer when we started praying we prayed and rebuked uh the, the influence of the prince of the power of the air, isn't it were you here when we were praying that prayer and then we started we, we, the next thing was that we prayed for the salvation of people of all men isn't it and then we prayed that laborers people will be sent out to bring more people like more christians should be involved in christian work and not just sit on the sit on the it's too annoying. What do you think? It's too annoying and so sad for them. You see Christians dying. They, they, you have trouble. You are going to face trouble as you are going. Let me show you a scripture. First Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Look at first Corinthians 4, 5. Let's read the amplified. It says, So do not make any hasty or premature judgments before the time when the Lord comes again. For he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives, and purposes of hearts. Then every man will receive his due commendation from God. Who do you think he's talking? He's talking to Christians. He says, the Lord, when he comes again, will reveal the reason why you did all the things that you did. You did. All the things that are hidden in secret, he will bring it out. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? What? He says you bring all those things. He says he will disclose. He he for he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden 
in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims. Hey, why were you going to school? Did you go to school just because you wanted to get uh, a first degree and have good money? Be paid fifteen thousand Ghana cities a month, so that you be like you are. You can bully everybody in your family. <laughs> Secret aims, motives, and purposes of hearts. After he has done that, then every man will receive due commendation from God. So he will give you due commendation. Amazingly, everybody will be commended. But the due commendation is what he will check. But everybody will be commended. At least you were born again, so he will commend you. Yes, everybody will be commended. Hallelujah. So, brothers and sisters, the next prayer topic we are praying is that we are asking for God to give us people. Okay? I'm putting two prayer topics together. For God to bring people, to draw many into this church. As we move into that big auditorium, we want many people to come. Many people to be saved. Is that too much to ask for? Okay. Look at Psalm 2 verse 8. Psalm 2 verse 8. Ask of me. This is God talking. He says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth as your possession. He says, just ask of me. If you ask me, I'll give you. Because God is the owner of the sheep, isn't it? So he says, ask from, of me and I'll give you sheep. Ezekiel 36, 37. Ezekiel 36, 37. That says the Lord God, for this also will, I will let the house of Israel inquire of me to do it for them. I will increase... They are men like a flock. Have you seen it? Let's read it. King James is, is better. Let's read the King James. That says the Lord God. I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. God was telling them that he was going to bring more people, a lot of people to them and increase them. But then after seeing all those nice things, probably you should see the nice things he said. Go up to verse 35. Go to verse 33. So that's more clear. Okay. That's the Lord God. In the day that I shall, I shall cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and in the wastes shall be and the waste shall be built. Have you seen it? He says the waste shall what? And the desolate land shall be tilled. Whereas it's laid desolate in the sight of all the that past. He says, All the places that were not inhabited will be inhabited. Like your life will become very fruitful. Have you seen it? Next verse. And they shall say, This land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. And the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Like people, plenty of people will come to that place where there was nothing. Well, before we came here, there was nothing here. There was not, the whole place was dry. Now we are here. More, we are praying for more people to come. As more people come, your husband will be inside. Oh, it's like you are sad about what I just said. Your husband will be inside. Your wife will be inside. Your business will be inside. You'll be surprised. There are some people who have started businesses in church. Yeah, because they met somebody who was doing a certain type of business. And they are now involved in that same business. They are flowing. Yeah. So he's letting you know that your business, your business free life will be inhabited with business. Your, your beloved free life will have a beloved inside. Yeah. Your wisdom free life will have wisdom coming in. Because somebody, you see, God uses human beings to bless human beings. Oh. Oh, you don't know. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Shall I cause men to add to your bosom? So he uses human beings to add things to you. Human beings. Have you seen it? The more the people, the more the faith, the more the blessings, the more the contracts that you can make, 
the more the network that you can have, the more increased you can be. What do you think? We have some doctors in this church right now. Some of us have gone to certain those hospitals, and when we went there and they realized that we were there, hey, they just sorted us out. Yeah. You were telling me one experience you had. Yeah. They just they'll just sort you out. No need to. My mom was having a, a certain challenge. I called one doctor. He's sitting right here over there. I called him. Brother, my mom is coming. I said, oh, Pastor, forget you can't sleep. Let her come. <laughs> yeah. And then he sorted, he sorted her out completely. Everything fine, nice. If there were no doctors in the church, what do you think will happen? No bed. They will tell you no bed. There is no bed. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. My wife is a doctor. She takes care of children. She's a pediatrician. When every child in this church, if the child is crying abnormally, they'll call. Like, pastor, the child is crying. I mean, free consultation. Why? Because we are in the same church. We must pray for more to be added, for more mechanics. Mechanics must be added to the church. So that when your car, your car is going, to shake some way. A mechanic can be, can come and come and sort you out without having, you having to pay 3,000 cities for, for, for no work done. I took my car to a mechanic. They just took one part off. Eh? And then just do something, put it back. And then they collected 2,000 Ghana cities. Yeah. Sharp cry. They collected 2,000 Ghana. After a week, we realized that they didn't actually change the thing. Yeah. You see, all these honest people. If there was a mechanic in the church, he was wild. Oh. Do you think if it was my church member, he would have done that to me? He wouldn't have done that. So we have to pray for more. He says, listen, your waste, desolate land shall be inhabited. And the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Have you seen it? Next verse. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I'll do it. This I'll bring you plenty of people. I'll make different kinds of people come into your life and make your life better, wonderful. Your desolateness will believe. Your obscurity shall vanish. You shall come out into the open. You shall come out and become better and bigger and whatever. He says, I will do it. God says he will do it. Look at that. If, if it was like that, then it would have been done. Would have just said, God, you have said it all, my friend, do it. Next verse, next verse. That's here the Lord God. I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. I will have to be asked by those I'm going to do it for. They should ask me. If they don't ask me, it will not happen. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me to do it for them. They shall inquire of me. I will yet for this be inquired of of by the house of Israel to do it for them. And I will increase them with men like a flock. I will increase them with men like sheep. Plenty people. Wow. What Do you like this prayer topic? So we are praying, Lord, bring more, more people. More mechanics. More doctors. More people who can marry our ladies. More people who can marry our gentlemen. More people you don't like. Yeah. More people who can who can help. I mean, more people, more people, poor people that we can also help. More poor people should come in so that we can help them. More people should come in. More people should be saved. Those who are so we are asking, we pray for people to be saved. We believe that they have been saved. Now we are praying that a lot of them will be added to us. This auditorium can take about three thousand people. We want to see all 3,000 spaces occupied with 3,000 faces that are being blessed and being increased by God in the name of the Lord Jesus. Is there a good prayer topic? Rise up upon your, 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 your feet and just begin to pray in the language of the Spirit right now.
We are praying this prayer in 15 minutes and then we are done. Talk to the Lord. Increase us with men like a flock. Increase us with men like a flock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in the house of God? Yeah. Last Sunday, I started preaching to you concerning our responsibility. We, we preached, I preached on anointed and appointed for what? For action. I told you that we are anointed by God and appointed by God. Every child of God is anointed and appointed by God to act. Act doing what? Ask preaching the gospel. Jesus said we should all go out into the world and preach the gospel to the whole world, isn't it? He wasn't talking to a certain select few. He was talking to everyone who becomes born again. And I showed you that if you believe in certain things Jesus said for your for yourself personally, then you must believe everything that he said. Okay? There are some Christians who select something Jesus said and, and say that, oh, he said this to uh, the apostles. This is not to Christians. It's not to us. So a lot of people use Matthew 28, 20 as a... Uh, a message for other people and not for them. Look at Matthew 28, 20. Let's read 18 into 20. And Jesus came and spoke unto them. So they say that, oh, he spoke unto those people, not to all of us. Hey! But he spoke to all of us. Everybody. Everybody. Say everybody. everybody. Say it like you mean it. Everybody. everybody. Yeah. Rich, poor, young, old. High, low, everybody. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Why is all power given unto me in heaven and earth? It's given unto me so that the gospel can go everywhere. So you go everywhere. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Can you imagine that the word, the word nations is not country? The word nations is ethnos and it means different groups. So if you have a group of market women who have met, it's a nation. So a group of market women, a group of doctors, whatever it is that makes them common, makes, make, have, make them have a share, a particular um, thing. It could be work-wise, it could be location-wise, whatever it is. Have you seen it? Uh, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's what it means. The word nations means ethnos. You can check from your own Bible if you have in Talina, you see it. Okay? baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He says he wants you to go and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So you should be baptizing people. Wow. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you or have taught you. And lo, I am with you always. He is with us. Always. Even unto the end of the world. Hallelujah. So in the first session last week, I focused on the fact that all of us has been sent, have been sent by God. And in the second session, I focused on the fact that He is with us as we go. Do you remember? How many of you remember? He is with us. As we go, He is with what? He is with us. So we are not doing the work on our own. We are doing it with Him. He is the first witness and we are His assistant witnesses. The Holy Spirit was sent to us for that purpose. Okay? So today I want to show you another aspect. And my subject for today is proof producers. Proof producers. God has chosen you to be a proof producer. Proof. P-R-O-O-F. Producers. Proof producers. Say proof producers. Proof producers. Great. We are all proof producers, okay? Now, if you read in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, 
Jesus says something. Jesus was talking about all the things that were going to happen. If you read from verse 1, you see it. The Bible says Jesus walked out of the temple and the disciples showed him the beauty of the temple. You know, and when they showed him the beauty of the temple, he started preaching to them. Look at the next verse 2. He says, And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another. That shall not be thrown down. Everything shall be destroyed. And they asked him, Lord, when shall these things be? And as he sat on the mountain of the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So they asked three things. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? He gave a lot of signs. He said people will come and come and say they are Christ and people will follow them. There will be wars, rumors of wars. There will be pestilences and all of that. He said so many wild things that are happening in our world or has happened in our world. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. He said so many, you can go on and you see it. But then he gave the sign for his coming, the actual sign of his coming. The actual sign of his coming is not Corona. Last year when COVID came, everybody thought Jesus was coming. Isn't it? Everybody, Islam became quiet. Do you notice that Islam became quiet? You couldn't see them anywhere. Because they are not expecting anybody to come. They are not expecting Muhammad to come. It is Jesus who is being expected to come. So everybody became, a lot of Muslims got born again last year. Yes, I know some. Because they were surprised that Islam was quiet. And only Christians were talking that Jesus is coming. So Jesus said all kinds of things. But then he said that the actual sign for his coming is in verse 14. That was the last thing he said. He says, and this gospel. Let's read from verse 13 to 14. So you see it. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Then he says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Have you seen it? So the actual sign of Jesus' coming is for everyone to hear the gospel, for the gospel to be preached as a witness unto the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you surprised? It is not the sicknesses and the war and rumors of war that oh no no. The gospel must go everywhere. When it goes everywhere, then you know that he's coming. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. It shall be preached as a witness. As a witness. Now the word witness is proof. Evidence. The word the word witness means evidence. It shall be preached with evidence. Or it shall be preached as an evidence. Have you seen it? Now, let's see how Jesus preached. You know Jesus preached the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 3. Look at Matthew chapter 3. Let's read from... Um, which verse do you like? Okay, Matthew chapter 4. Let's read verse 17. Matthew four seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach. And to say, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Have you seen it? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There are, two, there are two references. Normally, Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes we say the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God includes everything that God has made. From angels right down to you, the universe. Everything that God is in God's uh, control or is under God's rulership is called the kingdom of God. But there's another kingdom called the kingdom of heaven. That was begun or started by Jesus Christ when he came on earth. So it's, it's a misnomer. Even though it's the kingdom of heaven, it's actually a kingdom that includes men. Do you understand? 
So Jesus came to start the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was the first person who spoke about, it was John the Baptist. John the Baptist spoke about the kingdom of, let's read it, Mark chapter 3, go to chapter 3. That was why I mentioned chapter 3 earlier on. Let's read chapter 3 from verse 4. Matthew 3, 4. Go up to 2 and let me see something. Aha, uh-huh, it's verse 2. So John came from verse 1. Go to verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Verse 2. And saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Nobody before John had spoken about the kingdom of heaven. Everybody knew about the kingdom of God. So John was the first person to talk about the kingdom of heaven. And when John was arrested, Jesus also came and spoke about the kingdom of heaven. Now, the kingdom of heaven is what I'm trying to explain to you. The kingdom of heaven is a kingdom begun by Jesus that includes men. It is the entrance that God has given to human beings to come to be involved in the kingdom of God. Please you understand? Adam's sin took all of humanity out. Jesus' obedience brings all of humanity in. So Jesus came to start the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's a kingdom that makes men heavenly. So the new birth, that when we say someone is born again, born again means to be born of heaven. So Jesus came to start the kingdom of heaven that makes men heavenly. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. So even though it's a, it's a, a, a kingdom that includes human beings, it's described as a kingdom of heaven. So Jesus also came and then spoke about it. So that's in chapter 4, where we read. Chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word at hand means it is here now. It doesn't mean it is coming. It has hand. It's come. The kingdom of heaven has come. Now, how did Jesus preach the kingdom of heaven? Jesus was preaching the kingdom of heaven. Jesus preached the kingdom of heaven in a certain way. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Matthew 9, 35. The only thing that made Jesus different from every other person was the things he did. Okay? There were other people who had come to talk. For instance, John, John came to preach. John the Baptist came to preach. But he didn't have any miracle. In John chapter 10, the last verse... Look at the last verse of John chapter 10. Last but one verse of John chapter 10. Let me show you something briefly. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle. How is it? John did what? He did no miracle. But all things that John speak of this man were true. They were talking about Jesus. So John was preaching the kingdom of heaven, but then he didn't have any miracle to attest to the fact that the kingdom of heaven is really there. But when Jesus came and he started preaching the kingdom of heaven, he started doing some things that no human being could do. It was not normal for a human being to do the things he was doing. Last week I was sharing something with you that Jesus opened a blind the guy's eyes, there were no eyeballs. Do you understand? He didn't if there are eyeballs, at least you can have hope that your prayer can do something. But there were no eyeballs. The guy didn't have eyeballs. Jesus created his spot on the ground and made clay and created eyeballs and put it inside the guy's eye sockets and told him to go and wash his face. And when the guy went to wash his face, he came back seeing. It was not a small thing. I mean, only the creator can do that. Nobody in history had done that. So that man who, had, who was healed said something to the Pharisees and the son, and when they were asking him questions about how he was healed and all that, they were saying that Jesus is a sinner. He shouldn't believe in him. And the man said, listen, we have not since the world began. It has not been heard of. Let's read that. John chapter 9. Are you interested in that? That man preached to them. It was a very serious preaching. John chapter 9. Look at verse 30. John 9 30. The man answered and said unto them, Why? Hearing is a marvelous thing. 
that you know not from whence he is or where he's coming from. And yet he has opened my eyes. Next verse. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshipper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? Since the world began, it has not been heard. And this is not just any, it's not someone who has cataract or like some, the guy didn't have eye sockets. He created eyes and put it there. I always ask, has your father done something before? <laughs> My father didn't do something. Hey! So Jesus started doing things that no human being had done. So go to Ma- uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, and let me show you how Jesus preached the kingdom of heaven, okay? Are we sent to preach? Yeah. You know that, right? I've showed you that. Now, I want, to see, I want to show you how we should preach the gospel. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The same gospel, right? The gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And healing every sickness. So the gospel, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. Healing. Healing every sickness. Not some. Every sickness. And every disease among the people. He preached healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When he sends his disciples to go and preach the kingdom of, of heaven, look at how they also preach. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lordship of the house of Israel, and as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven it's at hand. Have you seen it? The kingdom of heaven has come. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. What a shock. So he gave them power. He gave the disciples power. To heal. Amazing. Herod was so surprised. He was so shocked. When the disciples went out to go and preach. They healed so many people that. There were no sick people around. And they came to Herod's notice. And they told her, Herod said, Hey, maybe John the Baptist has risen from there because Herod had beheaded Jesus. So he said, Maybe John the Baptist has risen from the dead. And signs and wonders are showing forth from him. He thought Jesus was John the Baptist. And he always wanted to see Jesus, but Jesus never showed himself up to him. Until the day he was crucified. That early morning, they took him to Herod. And Herod was pushing him, saying he should do a miracle so that he would see. Because he had heard so many things. Do a miracle, let me see. Jesus was just looking at him, standing there. He didn't mind him. Wow. So Jesus preached with evidence. The kingdom of God must be preached with what? With evidence. So he didn't send us without evidence. So in Mark chapter 15, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Look at Mark 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Next verse. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Next verse. And these signs shall follow them that believe. All those who believe, says, in my name shall they cast out devils. Do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and personal Savior? He says, all those who believe shall do what? That is the sign and the evidence of the kingdom, the preaching of the kingdom of heaven. If you are preaching the kingdom of heaven and there's no sign, there's no wonder, you are not preaching the kingdom of heaven. That is why there's so much difficulty with people believing. The reason why people have difficulty believing in Jesus as we preach, or as most Christians preach, is because it doesn't come with evidence. Jesus had some evidence when he was here on earth. 
Romans chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God, with what? With power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Have you seen it? He was declared as a son of God with power. He had power. He did things with power. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed with the devil. Why? For God was with him. Have you seen it? So he preached with evidence. He preached with evidence. And he didn't send us out without preaching with evidence. Now go back to Mark chapter 16, where in verse 16. It says, All those who believe in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That's speak with tongues. Eh? He says, if you believe, you speak with tongues. So tongue speaking is not for some people, it's for everybody. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Next verse. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So Jesus was confirming the word. Now when Jesus died, okay, when Jesus died, something happened. He rose again. And when he rose again, the Pharisees were told, and the Sadducees and the rulers of the synagogue were told by those who were guarding the tomb. Now, something remarkable happened at the tomb. The Bible says, when Jesus died, if you read in Matthew chapter 27, you see it. The day Jesus died, when he gave his, up his ghost, the whole place, there was a big earthquake. First of all, the whole place was dark from 12 p.m. to, 12, to 3 p.m. They crucified him at 9. He died at 3. But from 12 o'clock to 3 p.m., the whole place became dark like it was 8 p.m. And the whole place was just shaking. There was earthquake. There was a great earthquake. I'm not the one saying it's in the Bible. Matthew chapter 27, you can read from verse 50. The whole place was shaking. And when the place shook, all the graves that were in Jerusalem opened up. The Bible says, all the graves of the just men and the graves of... This is verse 52 now. And the graves were opened and many bodies that's of the saints which left arose. So those who were righteous in their lifetime were raised from the dead when Jesus rose up from the dead. Amazing. And the Bible says that they appeared to people in Jerusalem. Next verse. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So they appeared unto many people. When Jesus rose from the dead, Abraham rose from the dead. Isaac rose from the dead. Jacob rose from the dead. They all came into Jerusalem and were talking to people. All hail, Jesus is risen. Yet Israel still does not believe. Can you imagine that in chapter 28, when Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says an angel came and rolled, he sat on there. He rolled the, the stone and sat on it. That stone needed about 20 men to roll. When the women were going to go in, the women were going on early in the morning, on the first day of the, the day, the week. They were going to go and embalm Jesus' face. They had embalmed all his body, was left with his face. So they were going to do that. As they were going, they remembered that, oh, the place has uh, a stone rolled on it. So who, we didn't carry men with us. How are we going to roll the stone away? But they said, let's go anyway. They were just getting there. When they got there, the stone had been rolled away. All the soldiers that were kept there to keep the, the tomb were not there. Okay? The Bible says the soldiers saw the angel come. And they fell as men who were dead. They were just watching. They couldn't do anything. And when everything happened, they just stood up and ran away. And when they ran away, they went straight to these guys. So let, let's read 
This is Matthew 28. Let's read verse, uh, verse 11. Look at verse 11 now. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came unto the city. Or the, the word watches. You know what he's talking about? The soldiers, right? Those who were keeping watch. The watchmen. Eh? And showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. All the things that were done. They came to tell them, this is what has happened. The guy has risen from the dead. They were the first people who saw it. They had a live show, I tell you. Next verse. And when they were assembled with the elders and are taking counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. They bribed the soldiers. Bribery and corruption did not start today. They gave them money. Next verse. Saying, say ye, or say, that his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. This is what they said to tell them. To tell people. Next verse. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. Wow. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So a lot of Jews don't believe because this particular saying has gone around. That his disciples came to steal his body. So the disciples needed something more to show that Jesus is actually alive. All that we are doing is to let people know that Jesus is alive. You see, because that's what we preach. The gospel is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there is no resurrection, then we are not out of our sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read from verse 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's read 12 so that we can understand it more. Okay? It's true. Verse 15 is fine, but verse 12 is better. It says, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Next verse. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. Have you seen it? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Next verse. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. That is what we preach. We preach that Jesus is alive. And your faith is also vain. Next verse. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. So we are witnesses of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Witnessing concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ is to say that Jesus is alive and to prove that he's alive. How do we prove that Jesus is alive? By doing what he was doing whilst he was on earth. The things that no man can do apart from him. Yeah, and we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised, him up, he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. It so be that the dead rise not. Next verse. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. Next verse. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. So the resurrection is what makes us believers. Romans chapter 4 verse 25. He says Jesus was delivered on account of our offenses and was raised from the dead on account of our justification. Or when we were declared not guilty or righteous. Do you understand? So the resurrection of the dead is what we preach and that is what we believe. If you are born again you didn't believe that you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You are actually not born again. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. That is exactly what that is it. That is the gospel. Romans 10 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So it is the resurrection that we preach. And it is the resurrection that has been under attack since Jesus rose from the dead. They bribed them to say to everybody that his disciples came to steal his body. So the disciples needed power to do what Jesus was doing before he left. To attest of the fact that truly he is alive. He is not dead at all. He's alive, he's risen from the dead, and that is why these things are being done. Have you seen it? Yeah. So in Acts chapter 4, Peter says something when he, when he was being questioned. He was being questioned concerning why he had prayed for somebody to be healed. Now look at 
verse 8. Acts 4 from verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if would this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? If you are asking us, how, how come we are, this guy is, is walking, let me let you know. Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Have you seen it? Even by him does this man stand here before you whole. By him does this man stand here before you whole. So the evidence, we are proof producers of the fact that Jesus is alive. That's what the gospel is about. We preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ that is alive. And hence we must attest or confirm and affirm with evidence that he's alive. If you don't prove with evidence, nobody will believe you. If you go to a Muslim and you are preaching to him, you say you have Jesus. He also, he also tell you he has Muhammad. You say you have the book, the Bible. He also show you a book, the Quran. If you show him that you have churches, he also show you has, they have mosques. If you show him you have people, he also show you have people. What is the difference between Muhammad and Jesus? Muhammad is dead and buried. That is it. But Jesus died and rose again. And he's around to to testify, to confirm that he's there through you. So we are the proof producers of the fact that Jesus is alive. And that is why that is why he sent us the Holy Spirit. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that we can witness which is provide evidence of the fact that he's alive. So John chapter 15 verse 26 says it. Look at John 15 26. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Holy Spirit. Muslims say the comforter is Muhammad. But Jesus emphatically said it is the Holy Spirit, not Muhammad. Even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he says, he shall testify of me. The word testify is witness. It's the same word as witness. He will provide evidence of me. He will provide evidence that I am alive. Have you seen it? That's what the Holy Spirit does. And he comes into your life to aid you to do that. Next verse. And ye also shall bear witness. Or ye also shall produce proof. Because you have been with me from the beginning. You shall also be proof producers. So on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, something happened to them. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts 1 8. But ye shall receive power. The word power is dunamis. It means inherent ability. Okay? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Who is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is the first witness. He will come and make you a witness. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be what? Witnesses. What is the word witnesses? An evidence producer or a proof producer. It is the one who produces evidence in court that wins. If you don't have any evidence, you are not going to win. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So he says, he will come and make you a witness. His power will come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. He didn't say you shall pray in the Holy Ghost or pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is one of the, is the first evidence of the fact that the Holy Spirit is in your life. But that is not it. He came into your life for this purpose, not to help you speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is powerful. But that is not the reason why the Holy Spirit is in your life. That is why I've told you time and time again that the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. He gives you a language to speak. But that is not Him. The evidence that the Holy Spirit is in your life is the fact that you have become a witness. A proof producer. 
a power producer, just like Jesus, having the same anointing that Jesus had. You know, in John chapter, John chapter 14, verse 10, Jesus mentioned how he did the things that he did. Look at John 14, 10. Believers that know that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Who was the Father that was dwelling in him? It was the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 lets you know that the Holy Spirit was Jesus' Father. Look at Matthew 1 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was the one responsible for impregnating Mary. And so he's the father of Jesus. So Jesus referred to him as my father. He didn't say my father in heaven. He doeth the works. He said my father which is in me. He was talking about the Holy Spirit who was in him. He says he doeth the works. So the Holy Spirit was the one who was doing the works. And Jesus when he was going gave us the one by whom he did the works. So go back to that place. Uh-huh. He doeth the works. The father that dwelleth in me he doeth the works. Next verse. Verse 11. Believe me that I am in the father and the father in me. Or else believe me for the very works sakes. So my works is what makes you know that. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. Without the works, he's nothing. He's just, he's just like any other person. It is the works that makes him unique. Say it again. It's only people who are alive that do things. He's alive. And that's the things he was doing before he died. The things he did whilst he was alive. Physically here. He's alive now and he's alive in me and in you. Doing those works now. The same thing. Look at John chapter 2. John chapter 2 verse 23. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name. When they saw the miracles which he did, they believed because of the things he did. Are you seeing it? And he has not stopped doing the miracles. He's still doing the miracles through you and I. So as you go preaching, know that there's evidence. He says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. When you go, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Why? Because Jesus is inside you. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I am a proof producer. Say I'm a proof producer. I'm a proof producer. Say it like you mean it. I'm a proof producer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to what we were reading before. The one we read before this. Believers that know that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now we read verse 11. Go to verse 12. Very, very lesson unto you. He that believeth on me. Have you believed in him? Yeah. Have you believed in him? Yeah. He says, the works that I do, shall he do also. Shall he do also. The works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I go unto my father. What happens when Jesus goes unto his father? He sends us the Holy Spirit. I just read it to you in John chapter 16 verse 7. It is more expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come. Who is the comforter? The Holy Spirit. Because he's gone away, and now we can have the Holy Spirit who was helping him bear witness, produce results in us, for us to produce results as well. That's why Jesus dared to say that the one who believes in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do. Why? Because I go unto my Father. Have you seen it? What will happen when I go unto my Father? I'll send you the Holy Spirit. And you shall have the Holy Spirit. And do the works that I do. So the evidence, the reason why the Holy Spirit came is not so that you can speak in tongues. It is parts. That is the first thing. But don't be a Christian who just speaks in tongues in church. And that's it. The evidence that you are really filled with the Holy Ghost 
is the fact that you become a witness, a proof producer of the fact that Jesus is alive and he's alive in you. Is Jesus alive? Yeah. Is Jesus alive? Yeah. You see, so they will not believe us if we don't prove it to them. We must prove it to them. The only way a Muslim will believe is when you prove it to him. When you go he's sick, lay hands on him and pray for him. And you'll be shocked, as shocked as he is, that you'll be healed. You'll be shocked. You'll be surprised. Say, I'm a proof producer. producer. Say it like you mean it. Like, I'm a proof producer. Yeah. Listen, the disciples needed to prove. Because Jesus, they said Jesus has been stolen by them. They needed to prove that dude has not been stolen. He's alive. And he's alive now. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. And 33. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that, that all of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. Next verse. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord. They preached that the Lord has had resurrected. And they preached it with power. And gave evidence of the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. And great grace was upon them all. Are you seeing it? With great power. Say with great power. Gave the apostles witness. Are you a witness? Is the Holy Spirit in your life? Then you are a witness. You are a proof producer. Witness means proof producer. And Jesus says this gospel shall be preached to the whole world as a witness. As an evidence. We must produce witness. We must produce evidence. Or else they will not believe us. They will not believe us. That is the only thing. That differentiates between what the Shintoists will believe, the Buddhists will believe, because you will see that truly the man who was doing the things he was doing on in, in the Bible, as we show him, is still doing some things now, opening blind eyes, raising the dead, stretching people's legs for them to be healed. As you go. Wow. wow. Are you surprised? In Acts chapter 8, from verse 5, something remarkable happened. Look at Acts 8 5. It says, Then Philip went down. Philip was a normal guy in the church. Like every other person. He went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. How? Why did they, why did they believe in the things he was speaking? Because they were seeing, hearing and seeing miracles, the miracles which he did. Have you seen it? They were hearing and, and seeing the miracles which he was doing. Next verse. So the miracles that he was doing was attesting the fact that, ah, what he said? Because he preached unto them Christ. Christ was dead. But he was telling them, Christ died, yes. He was hung on the cross. But he rose from the dead after three days. And he's alive now. He's alive now, stretching forth his hands towards you. For you to be saved. For you to come in. Taking away your addictions and your problems. For you to come close to him. Yeah, stretching forth his hands to you. Bringing you closer than you were before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse 7. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. Have you seen it? Next verse. And there was great joy in that city. This same power is inside you. As you go out there, that same power is evidenced over there. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 18. Paul, this is Paul talking. He says, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not worked by me or wrought by me. 
to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. He says, I didn't just preach to them in my mouth, but I also did some things. There were things that I did to make them obedient. They will not be obedient if you just do it by word. Paul said, I did not come preaching to you in man's wisdom, but I came preaching to you in the Holy Ghost, isn't it? And in power. So that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Keep your finger here. Go to First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. We'll come back to this. First Thessalonians 1, 5. This is Paul talking again. He says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what man of men we were among you for your sake. Wow. wow. So we are proof producer. Say I'm a proof producer. As I touch them, something happens. As I speak to them, something happens. Because the Holy Ghost is in me. To bear witness. To produce evidence of what I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Go back to chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Verse 18 where we're reading. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me. To make the Gentiles obedient by word and by deed next verse through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the spirit of god so that from jerusalem and run about unto illyricum i have fully preached the gospel of christ you cannot preach the gospel of christ for people to believe when you don't have evidence and the holy spirit has come into your life to produce evidence so all you need to do as a christian is to make sure you are filled with the holy ghost before you preach before you preach speak in tongues Talk in the Holy Spirit. As you are talking, God will bring their thoughts to you. As you are talking, God will show you what to say to them to bring them healing. God will show you what to, how to touch them to bring them healing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.